0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services.
1: Now here's Mary Stirk. So with me today I have Amy McFarlane. Welcome, Amy. Good morning, Mary. How are you? I am fantastic. Amy does business development for us here at Stirk Financial and um We have a a great seminar coming up um, on this very topic, and Amy Mm -hmm. has been working with a lot of people to have people come to the seminar. So if you'd like to join us for a seminar about this very topic, caregiver financial planning, you can reach out and contact Amy or go through our website at Stark Financial Services. And usually,
0: I I don't think I've ever pointed this out, usually if you do call in and you want something that Mary is giving away, you're usually going to get me on the phone. Yeah,
1: she's going to (laughs) be the one that talks to you. So, all right. So here's the thing is that um, there are a lot of pitfalls that you can run into when you are entering a caregiver situation. And um, so what we wanted to do is try to create an environment where we can really provide some valuable insight to people who are taking over the finances for someone who, who needs help. Okay. Okay. So let me give you kind of an example. We had um, uh, some very dear clients that we'd worked with for years. And the wife has developed a seizure disorder. Okay. And so the husband um, had come in to visit with us. Um, and here's the thing. They had been active farmers. Okay. Um, they'd been a farm family their entire life. But her medical needs were such now that he really needed to stop actively farming himself Because he needed to be more around to help take care of her and also to help get her back and forth to a lot of the doctor's appointments that she now had. So it completely changed their financial picture because instead of actively farming, he was now going to cash run out the land. Um, And she also had been the one that, you know, in the home was taking care of all the bill paying was taking care of all the finances, was making sure that things got taken care of on a financial front. And so now that she was dealing with these seizures and not feeling good, he was really in the position where he had to take over that okay. and really just felt overwhelmed by the sheer mountain of paperwork that she used to handle. <laughs> oh. oh, my goodness. And you can imagine with an active farm operation mm-hmm. how oh. overwhelming that could be, right? Yes. So what he was really looking for is to see if there was an easier way to manage the finances so that he could focus on spending time with her and helping take care of her. Okay. So it's situations like that that has, has made us want to create programs like this. Because I think there's a lot of people out there, a lot of our listeners out there, who are mm-hmm. in that very situation. Right, right. Right. So, all right. So here's the first point that I want to make. While you still can... And before there's any level of dementia or Alzheimer's that's too far gone to have this conversation, the most important thing that I think you can do as a financial caregiver is to talk to your loved one about their wishes. Okay. What is it that they would like to have happen in terms of medical care, in terms of their finances, in terms of... What happens if they need to have nursing home care in the future? And even having that really tough conversation about end of life circumstances, Mm -hmm. right? So Amy, you were in a situation where you were a financial caregiver for your mother, right? Right, right. And did you ever have a chance to have a conversation like that?
0: No, um, not really. I, you know, I think we let things go too long Mm -hmm. and my dad passed away somewhat more suddenly. And even my mom and dad had never had that conversation because we were going through the safe deposit box to find out if there was any life insurance, anything like this. And my mom had no clue mm-hmm.
1: whatsoever. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's much easier to talk on these topics when you're both doing fine. Yes. Because yes. it doesn't seem so real.
1: <clears throat> yeah. And it's not so scary when it's right. far off versus a, oh, now I'm sick and, you know, here's this problem. Yes. so
0: And I can say my mom really was to the point of just saying... Am I gonna run out? Do I have enough? That that mm-hmm. was how pared down it becomes if you wait so
1: long yeah and that's a really good point because that's probably the biggest fear that Mm -hmm. people are going to have right and if you're sick the last thing you want to do is be worrying about your finances yes and if you're the caregiver for someone who's dealing with the finances the last thing you want to have happen is that everything runs out yeah (laughs) so um it starts with having this conversation with your loved one about their wishes and those are the topics that i think are important to talk about The second thing that I would recommend that if you're stepping into the role of financial caregiver for someone, whether you're the spouse who's now taking care of a spouse and now this is all new to you, or whether you're an adult child who's stepping into this role or even a trusted friend, the next thing I would recommend that you do is that you create some kind of bill paying system, okay? So I have heard a lot of stories about somebody's electricity getting shut off mm-hmm. or they forgot to pay the premium on an insurance policy Ugh. and that insurance yep. lapsed and now they can't get it back. Yep. Um, and so bills that don't get paid can wreak havoc in somebody's life. And so it's super important to get yourself set up on a system that helps you figure out what the bills are, when they're due, how much they are, and then set them up for the easiest way to pay them. Mm-hmm. Now, as a financial caregiver, I can say that your best option is to automate as much of this as you can. You know, if you don't have to actually sit down and write out 14 checks the 1st and the 15th of the month, that's going to make your life a lot easier. So once you figure out what the bills are and when they're due, then going through and figuring out what can you automatically pay through a bank account, whether it's a an automatic payment or whether you set up an automatic bill pay through the bank where the bank is cutting that check automatically and sending it. But the bottom line is the bill pay system will save you a lot of headaches.
0: And we had an instance where um, you definitely want to do it through the bank with a routing number versus a debit card because Mm -hmm. debit cards come and go and they change and you can run into... We had that happen, the same thing.
1: Interesting. Okay, so the the debit card then once it changed, then your bill pay system was yeah, messed up. Then you got yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's
0: to protect you, but it can yeah. be really a hassle when you're running someone else's finances.
1: Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. That's a great piece of advice, yeah. Amy. <laughs> so, okay. <clears throat> um, the next thing that I think is important for people to do is to make copies of all of somebody's insurance cards, Medicare cards, Social Security cards, yep, and their passwords. And I, I realize that it's a little dicey to keep this all in one place. So you want to keep it all in a secure place. But these are pieces of information that you are going to refer to again and again and again. And having them in an easily accessible place for you is going to be of utmost importance and make life a lot easier.
0: Yes. And I would add to that, Mary, This sound, it, it's under finances in staying organized. But um whoever the person you're caring for, you too need to carry a copy of their prescription drugs.
1: Yes, (laughs) that is a great idea. Mm -hmm.
0: Because you're usually the one going to pick them up for them.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. And so, you know, this caregiving role extends so far beyond the, let's just take care of the finances. Black and white. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. And it is, you have to help someone stay very organized. Caregiving is not for the faint of heart. It's it's just, (laughs) And and God love the people that step up and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I read a statistic not too long ago that said 70% of caregivers report having making adjustments to their own work schedule to accommodate the caregiving. Oh, yeah.
0: And mm-hmm. I, I, I think I've said to you, I think it's more than that. I think I came to work for you five years ago and was still in the mm-hmm. caregiving role. And thankfully, you were very um, flexible with my schedule because I would... Have to be running to the cancer center or something like that at three in the afternoon, and mm-hmm.
1: um, that, that is absolutely making an adjustment to a work <laughs> schedule, without a doubt. And yeah. not all jobs can be flexible, right, and right. so you know that's hard for people. You mm-hmm. know when they have to try to balance all of this. So anything we can do to give some tips that are going to add value, that will help make the financial caregiver's life a little bit easier, and mm-hmm. that's what we're we're aiming to do. So keep copies of all those insurance cards your Medicare cards, the passwords, your drug list, things like that. Keep that in a secure location. Um, I will tell you that I, I really like to use Dropbox. I don't know if um, listeners out there know what Dropbox is, but it's a it's a free application that you can put on your computer, and you can also sync it to your phone, and you can put passwords on it so that it's secure. Mm-hmm. And basically, I just have like um, copies of personal information like that in my Dropbox, so I can see it from my computer, sure. I can see it from my phone, any point in time I need to access the data then it's out there for me to go look at. I can bring up pictures of something to show proof, you know, if I need to. So it's the the Dropbox could be a really good system for financial caregivers to use. So, okay, tip number four um, is to review the insurance policies that are out there. So you're going to have a variety of different insurance policies that you find that someone has when you move into this caregiver financial situation. You might have life insurance policies. So the first thing you want to do with life insurance policies is go visit with the agent or have a conversation with a financial planner or the company to figure out how does this life insurance policy work, when are the premiums due, how long is it likely to last, and things like that. Because, you know, if someone's moved into a situation where they need your care, the life insurance might become an important piece of their, Mm -hmm. you know, end of life puzzle. Right. Absolutely. At some point. If they have nursing home insurance, it's really sure. important to understand how that little baby works. Yes, And it let is. me tell you, they're confusing, and they all work a little bit differently. So investigating how they work is going to be part of your job as the financial caregiver. And I think it's going to be important for you to have those conversations and get your ducks in a row so you can prepare ahead of time for what's likely to happen.
0: And one piece of advice I can give on that when I was working um, for Bickford was people would bring those policies into us and it was sometimes better interpreted by the facility plus they're motivated to find out if it's (laughs) going to work (laughs) and they really can read them quite well. So if you're in that situation where Mm -hmm. you're not sure, take it around to the various uh, retirement area
1: Communities. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, nobody really wants to go into the nursing home any sooner than they have to. Right. So finding out if those kind of policies have home health care coverage or assisted living coverage or something like that that can extend your life before you have to go into mm-hmm. a nursing home setting, that is, that's that's going to be important to the person that you're providing care for. Right. right. That's right. So, okay. So the first four steps that we've talked about on Money Guide with Mary Stirk this morning is, number one, talk to your loved ones about their wishes. Number two, create a bill pay system. Number three, make copies of all those important documents and have them available for you. And number four, review your insurance policies. And if you would like to get more information, if you'd like for us to show you the bill pay system that we can you can utilize that we've created for caregivers, if you'd like to have us help you get organized, come to our seminar that's on November the 1st that is all about tips for financial caregivers and I think that you'll walk away with a wealth of information that will mm-hmm. help you with this.
0: And I want to also add, Mary, they can either call out to our offices and talk to me or you can call directly to Whispering Creek and make a reservation.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you can also look online at stirkfinancialservices.com. You can only help so much until you have the legal authority to do so. So, it's going to be important for you to visit with an attorney and to get two different kinds of power of attorneys done. Okay. There's a financial power of attorney that helps you take care of somebody's finances when mm-hmm. they're no longer able to do so. And then there's a healthcare power of attorney that is completely different. That's really about helping make. Healthcare decisions.
0: Yes. Um, Because you can sign a check doesn't mean you can sign an authorization that they give up their ability to make their own decisions. Right. Exactly. That's that's the bottom line. And ideally, I think it works out if it's obviously your spouse, you want to be both. But if it's siblings, um, doing it for a parent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Make sure maybe there's one doing one, one doing the other. I know for us, It was easy because it was just my brother and I, and he was the financial POA. But I lived here and and was the primary caregiver, so Mm -hmm. I had the health care POA.
1: Gotcha. Uh, worked yeah. out nice. So I think that is nice when you can coordinate things with your siblings. Um, sometimes that works out better than others. It depends <laughs> on your siblings. <laughs> it absolutely does. Do you? Uh, so
0: um, one of the things that I, I my husband sent me a funny article, Mary, that it was why couples fight when they're putting together furniture, like IKEA furniture. <laughs> And they said, basically, you fight because you, you need to first, before you even open the box, designate who's in charge and who's assisting. <laughs> And if you don't do that, you're gonna fight. And it's the same way with being a caregiver. Um, I I would say, you know, to kids, there's usually one child, and it's usually because of their location; they Mm -hmm. live in the same town. They they become the caregiver whether they want to or not. But they're running them to doctor's appointments and getting, you know, just running errands. And those other kids, they all love mom or dad just the same and they all want the very best but ultimately they have to be delegated to being assistants and there has to be one primary caregiver everybody else is just helpers
1: you know it's kind of funny that you say that there's a term <laughs> for the siblings that are not the designated ones and they're doing their very best to help but i've heard a lot of situations where you know that the caregiver in town is bending over backwards to help their parent And then they'll have an out-of-town sibling, you know, fly in and kind of assess the situation. And generally, because they're so shocked about how mom or dad has deteriorated, (laughs) they have a problem. And then they start dictating and they give orders and and then they leave. (laughs) And then the caregiver has this mess to clean up. But they're called, excuse me, they're called Pelican siblings. (laughs) Fly in. (laughs) They fly in. They poop all over everything and then they fly out. (laughs) And it's not being Pelican sibling. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Yeah, it's so in that way if you're caring for a spouse, it's a little easier because the kids all know dad's in charge or mom's yes. in charge and they can offer their advice, but ultimately.
1: Right. So, mm-hmm. and, and so parents who are listening out there, if if you think, you know, at some point in time you're going to need your adult children to help take care of you, you should be the one that's going out and getting these power of attorney documents set up and designating the child that you think would be best suited to help you in different situations for financial and health care power of attorney. Yeah. So I think that's really important.
0: Yeah, we did some tweaking on our living will because we're a blended family, which is anything but, and we wanted to make some arrangements so that we know we don't put the kids in a bad situation. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it's that's all I can say really, but uh, we don't have enough time, but <laughs> there's just lots you can you can do.
1: Yep. All right, the next tip is to review the investments and make sure you understand how they work. So there are all kinds of different investments out there. They all work a little bit differently. Some of them have more liquidity and accessibility than others. Some have guaranteed income streams, but that will end at certain times. So it's very important for someone who's stepping into the financial caregiving role to wrap their arms around the investments and understand what's out there, what's available, and how it works. Because ultimately, this money is going to need to take care of the person that you're now providing care for for Mm -hmm. the rest of their life. Right. So if you're not a financial guru yourself the best thing to do is to gather up all the information, take it into a financial planner and just say help. You know help me understand what I have and how this works. So um, that is tip number six. Tip number seven is to have a medical log for notes and insurance issues. And um, the reason that this is important is because it's easy for someone who's um you know at the top of their game mentally to keep track of their own medical stuff but once you're not at the top of your game mm-hmm. or if you have enough illness it's really hard to keep track of what should be happening sure and then when you compare that with the insurance you have medicare you have medicare supplement you have drug programs you have all these things and, and sometimes the insurance claims are getting filed right and sometimes they're getting paid right and sometimes they're not. <laughs> yeah. Cut and dried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So keeping a log of understanding how everything's working and what kind of claims and bills should be paid and how they're supposed to be paid, I think is really important. Okay. The last tip that I have for financial caregivers, number eight, is to review the beneficiaries on things. Um, I understand that this is a little bit morbid, and I also understand that oftentimes the caregiver themselves might be the beneficiary, so this feels a little self-serving. However, it's an important step for any financial caregiver to take. Um, it, when there is a death, the beneficiary listed on an account trumps everything. So even if the will says one thing, if the beneficiary designation says another thing, that beneficiary designation on an insurance policy or on an account rules the day. Okay. so. Double checking that the beneficiaries are set up in the right way as you enter this financial caregiving situation, I think is a very important step for people to take. Right. Um, it's, it's not something that is a great idea for you as the financial power of attorney to start changing beneficiaries, especially if you're one of them
0: mm-hmm.
1: later on. So that's why I recommend that people do this kind of early on in that caregiving okay. role. Um, if you can get them set, you get them set the way they ought to be. And then you can you can know that they're, they're done and you can put that piece of it away. Okay. Then there's never a hint of any impropriety that you changed a beneficiary to yourself <laughs> oh, or right. something like that and yeah. caused problems or grief within your siblings. So just check them. If they're set up the way they should be, that's great. If they're not set up the way they should be, then get them fixed and then you can be done with that step. Okay. So... Um, you know, we have a great giveaway for people um, who are in this financial caregiving situation. We have a caregiver financial kit. And in that kit, we have a beneficiary guide, mm-hmm. something to help people. It asks you questions. That. Yep, asks you questions, help you through the process of dealing with a death. Um, we ha- It includes looking ahead at funeral planning. I know, again, it's a morbid topic, but at some point in time, somebody has to handle these details. Um and it also has information about how to create that bill pay system. And then we have a budget developed. So if you're trying to figure out what are the bills somebody has to pay, this mm-hmm. budget will help you think about, well, oh, wait, maybe I forgot about the fact yeah. that there's this bill over here or, you know, this this odd quarterly thing that comes yes. in that I didn't think and about. And it
0: literally is a checklist. It's really yeah. neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So give us a call 605-217-3555 if that caregiver financial kit would be helpful for you. We'd be happy to send it to you. And we'd love for you to attend our seminar that we're having November 1st for financial care- caregivers, people who are entering into the world of taking care of the finances for somebody else. We mm-hmm. think we can we think we can make this journey a lot easier for you with some of the tools that we've developed. And quite frankly, trying to navigate this alone is like trying to navigate a boat on rough waters without a captain.
0: Right. If you've never
1: done it before, it's kind of hard to know where to start. It can be very overwhelming.
0: And I want to say we really enjoyed uh, a lot of the listeners that attended your seminar last month, too. So I hope to get we can meet some more this time. Yes,
1: we love to meet people who've listened to us on the radio <laughs> and said, oh, we hear you every Saturday morning. <laughs> so come on out and join us. You can you can register at com, and we'll look forward to seeing you there. Otherwise, we hope that these financial caregiving tips have been valuable to you and help kind of ease your journey as you're taking care of someone you love. Call us at 605-217-3555 for your free caregiver financial kit.